<laughs> anyway, uh, we've been talking about the greatness of Christ, and we've been going through the book of Hebrews, and how understanding really just how big Jesus is and who he is gives us this better view of life. But here's the thing. There's much more we'd like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you're spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Anyway, that's the next verse we're doing today. Uh, <laughs> you're like, did he just call us dumb? Uh, did I turn my th mic back on? Am I on? Okay, good. Sometimes you can't hear yourself, and you know, as long as you can hear me. Anyway, uh, so that, that begins the next section. And now that I have your attention, after insulting you, or actually the the writer kind of insults you. Uh, anyway, so we've been talking about, you know, Jesus is better. He's, you know, he's better than angels. He's better than Moses. You know, we've been talking a lot about what it means to be better than a high priest. And so after the author kind of stops the, uh, the, the trophy case tour, if you will, uh, he drops the slam. Uh, and here's the thing. We're, we're going to learn, we're look at something that is fundamental to faith. Growing in your faith as a believer is essential to live the kind of life that is pleasing to God and truly the most satisfying and the best way to live. Um, so jumping into the whole passage again, this time you'll listen when I slam you, or rather the author of Hebrews, who we actually don't, did I tell you, we don't actually know who wrote Hebrews. You know, there's a lot of conjecture and fun things. If you're like academically nerdy and like that kind of thing, because it's a really interesting book anyway, um, about the grammar, the structure. Anyway, no one else wants the grammar and structure. You know, we actually, we do have debates here sometimes. People have left the church over our non-use of Oxford comma. I'm just saying, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Some of you don't even know what I mean when I say Oxford comma. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, there's much more we'd like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So, back to that verse. There's so much we'd like to tell you about this, but it's difficult to explain because you're spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Now, the author is not slamming them uh, just to, to kind of be, to be mean, but really in, encouraging them to, to grow up and, and to grow in your faith. Uh, you know, listen. Now, th there's a difference between, anyone here have a, a Siri on their phone? And I know there's like a Google equivalent, right? And anyone have like um, the Alexa thing at your house or something? You're like, Siri, I seem to, I talk to him, talk to him. Mine's a dude. I got a British dude on mine because it's just like when you get frustrated, at least they're kind of cool sounding. Uh, and so, you know, you talk to Siri, you talk to Siri, and they don't seem to understand. And that's kind of what he's saying. Is sometimes we're like that. Versus Alexa seems to always understand, which is funny because Alexa's supposed to be asleep all the time. But every time you say, Alexa, wake up, how does she know to wake up? She's there listening to you. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, um, it, it was funny because uh, most of you know I'm... Uh, kind of ornery at times. Anyway, so I was in this really serious meeting, um, and uh, just before it started, we're, we're there, and it was like really serious. It was like the head of our association of churches. I'm sitting there with him and, and the assistant, and we're sitting there, we're talking about this really weighty matter, and just before, he does something, and I notice he has an Alexa, and I was like, oh, it's an Alexa. He goes, yeah, it's an Alexa, and I was like, Alexa, order dog food. <laughs> and Alexa ordered dog food for him, which is funny because one, he doesn't have a dog. Uh, and, and two, he had no idea, like, I guess no one had ever thought 
you know, order Alexa from stuff because he's like the serious head dude. Uh, anyway, it was funny. And I, I wonder how much dog food he got after that. Because, you know, every time he, he, he had to turn it off because I kept saying, Alexa, do, you know, silly stuff. <laughs> Alexa, play 90s rock. Um, <laughs> but anyway, just despite my, my love for Apple products, uh, and again, I don't want to stretch the analogy too far, but we need to be a little less like Siri and a little more like Alexa. Siri ne never seems to hear me, never seems to understand me. Uh, it's always like, sorry, we can't do that. And anyone else, like maybe, I, I just, I don't know if my voice is invisible to digital stuff, but Alexa immediately orders dog food. You know, and so you, you want to not just hear the words, but you need to understand the words. Again, Siri, sometimes I'll tell it to do something and it's like, one time I asked it to call my, my friend, I, I tried to call my son Josh, and it called this other guy Josh, and which is great, except it was like almost midnight, uh, and I called this random dude that I haven't talked to in years. Uh, anyway, it was great to catch up with him. Uh, <laughs> not so much for, you know, why. Anyway, and so we need to be quick to listen and really to understand. It's kind of like those of us who have children. Um, your children seem at times deaf, you know, right? Like they just, and I'm not talking like actually physically, but it's like you talk and talk and you're like, oh, you wanted us to, to clean the room? No, that's, I, I, you know, we even send it in text. And they're like, I didn't, hear, I didn't see the text. <laughs> you got red receipts on, I know you did. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm getting people pointing, it's awkward. But you know, sometimes you, you kinda, <laughs> you, you, you kinda don't listen. Uh, it, it, it's like, or it's like Charlie Brown voices. Like, I love, like, anyone love the, you know, the, the Great Pumpkin and all that? The, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. For me, that means Christmas is here. I know some of you are already celebrating Christmas. I saw someone posted um, that after uh, Halloween, the Christmas season begins, Thanksgiving's just halftime. I think <laughs> some of you are that way. I know you're already decorating and everything, and that's great. I actually like Christmas, so it's good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but... Um, you know, it, it's, but the Charlie Brown special is wah, 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 wah. And that's kind of like, you, you kind of like, I might be up here preaching, you might be you know, hearing spiritual things, but all you hear is wah, 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 so you don't understand. Now, and, and that's a funny thing too, because like with a sermon, hopefully something I say, you understand, right? And, and I, I, do, I do make a lot of jokes and stuff. I, I get criticized because I make jokes, but I think Jesus was funny. And there's some humor in the text sometimes. Uh, but, you know, hopefully I'll speak in a way that's interesting. But ultimately, you know, you know, I'm not here to entertain you. Are you not entertained? I know everyone, all the dudes are doing that. Uh, <laughs> some of you don't get that movie reference. That's okay. Uh, but, you know, it's not, not, we're not just here to entertain, but we're here to teach. And, and ultimately, hope we, you get something out of this. Um, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 says, You've been believers so long now you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Now, we have lots of babies here. Uh, and we got some of them down the nursery. We store them there in little cubicles. Um, no, I'm kidding. We don't. <laughs> no, there's people caring for your, your, your children. Uh, I remember the first time I like, worked at a church that had cubbies in the nursery. And we're doing something we're like, and that's where we put all the babies. And people are like, what? We're, like, we're kidding. That's where we put the baby bags. And babies come with all kinds of stuff, in part because they're messy. Like, they... they go to the bathroom anytime, and we just kind of go, oh, that's cute, and clean the diaper. Uh, or, you know, and they, they, you have to bring all kinds of food with them, but they're not, it's like packs of food at some point. It's like milk and, and, and you know, formula and all these different things that you have to pack along with them. And, and so, um, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the, there, there's this, uh, 
they're still babies. It says you, know, you ought to be teaching others. Um, and, and I was thinking about this with uh, anyone here grow up around here? Anyone go to the Kent Swim Club when they were a kid? Now it's like the Y pool. And, and I, I remember as a kid, it was, it was great to go to the pool. That was like what we did. And I remember if you've been, if you've been to the, it's the, they gave it over to the YMCA, the swim club clothes, uh, but it's the, their outdoor pool. And there was like this little kiddie pool. It's still there. And so, like, I brought my kids there, and it brought back flashbacks. I remember going there as a little kid and playing in that little pool. And then it was like, you'd, at some point, though, you start kind of longingly look over to the big kid pool. And at some point, I got to go to the big kid pool. And, you know, and then at some point, I got to go in, as long as I stayed in the shallow end. It was the 80s, so we didn't really watch our children. We just hoped they washed back into the shallow end if they got swept into the deep end. But, you know, eventually... You know, we, we got to go to the whole pool when you passed the swim test. And then I got to go off the diving board. That was awesome. They don't have those anymore. Insurance, people die. But man, they were fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was great. I think they got rid of it, with, didn't they, with the Y? I haven't been there in a while. Um, but you know, I, I loved it. And it was fun to bring my kids to the, the splash here, the shallow end, and, and kind of watch them on their own. But eventually, like it would be weird if like I brought Josh to the Y well, not today, because it's kind of cold. But if I brought him and like he was just playing in the splash pool, you'd be like, um, Josh, it's time to move on, right? Um, you know, you ought to be kind of teaching other people to swim. And, and so here, Hebrews, they're going to go, they're going to move to the deep end with the rest of the book. And you, it's, you can live your whole life in the shallow end, but at some point you need to kind of learn some of the spiritual stuff so that we can move uh, into the more serious things. And that, that means knowing Jesus means helping others know and follow Jesus. So if you've been around, now if you're like new to faith, you, you got some time, you, you can learn, it'll take a look. But if you're like new to faith and it's like eight years new to faith, I mean, eight years, you get a doctorate in college, right? Like, you know, we need to kind of to, to move on. But, you know, as we, as, as we know Jesus, eventually you kind of need to share that with other people, know it. Um, and you probably, most of us probably know more about following Jesus than we, when we know, than we think we do, right? Because if you've been around, you kind of, you, you know enough that you can direct some people to things. Um, I had a fun experience yesterday. I went to this Bible study thing, um, uh, during the day, uh, which is, it was good to go to one where I wasn't leading, because generally, like, when you're like a pastor, and anyone finds out, like, you always have to talk, or you always have to say, and like, no one else can pray, uh, you know, like, you go places, like, if I go to lunch with you, you know, you're waiting, I was like, hey, do you, am, are you praying, or I'm praying, and I, there was just silence, so I'm like, I guess that means me, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so, you know, I, I go places, usually, and it was fun yesterday, and I'm not going to tell you who it was, I'll tell you later if you, if you want to talk, I don't want to distract from that, but I, I, it was so cool to see this person that I, I've spent time with, I invested in, discipled them some, and, and here they are, they were actually leading the Bible study in the teaching time, and I was like, that is awesome. Well, I, I was, it was just kind of cool for me because I had this like, a flashback to, you know, 10 years ago. I, I kind of like, you know, hey, here's the New Testament. <laughs> you know, and you're kind of going through the basic stuff. And then to see them leading was like this really cool experience. And, and that should be natural, right? We should grow in, in our faith. Um, now, Jesus gave us a command. And this is one of the more important ones in Scripture. In fact, I, I, we talk about this one a lot. It's called the Great you guys got it right. That's good. Great commission. Um, 
And so Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came to all his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all my commands that I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And, and, and so, and I often talk about this, you know, a lot of times you hear this passage in evangelical churches, and the, like, the focus has been, you know, go. And it's like telling you to go someplace, go, go, go complicated discussion of uh, the, <laughs> really that's a participle if you look at the greek and everything and i think go is important but it's kind of more having gone i think would be a better translation and the point is we're supposed to teach we're do like we can get so focused on yeah you gotta go but you, but we need to teach and train people and if, if you if you're a part of the church if you've been a part of the church it, you know we have this job to teach and to help other people grow because we need to move from just kind of, you know, hearing about it to doing something with it. Um, now, uh, I was thinking about this because there's sort of, you know, we, we're called, the church is called, this church here, we're, we're one church, part of many churches. Uh, it's called Deep Water. Anyone know why it's called Deep Water? I'm, I'm, I'm getting on the thing, and you're like not sure, because like if, I, if you answer, you don't know what I'm going to say, so you're like, I don't know. Anyway, Luke 5, 4, Jesus, he's like talking to the he sends them out into deep water to go catch fish, and there's this whole story I tell about, you know, you know what that means. Anyway, I, but I, as I was, I remember reading that one time, and it just struck me, and I was like praying, I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And, and you know, it's like I'm reading all these journal articles and things, I'm in a library, you know, I'm, I'm spending hours studying what does deep water mean, and uh, anyway, uh, not, we don't really know exactly why, except for this. That's where the fish were. <laughs> and, and so the reason we, we chose deep water is because that's where the fish were. And we want to be people who go where the fish are. We want to go outside. We, that's why when people come down the street, the little, like, the fairs and stuff, we do stuff out there, right? We do stuff for, like, trunk or tree. We're, we do it out there. We don't have it in here. We do it out there. We want to be people who go out. And, and so th there's this, you know, th we're supposed to go out in the community and then there's three things that we often say with this. We say, you know, gather, grow, engage. And if you've been around a while, you've probably heard these. Gather, we do think community is important. Being connected with other people is important. I think that's been especially pronounced during the pandemic when we couldn't be together. It was weird. Uh, but then it's also, it's easy to, once you haven't been with other people, to just stay separate from other people. You know, I, I talked to somebody, um, you know, it's like they, they could Zoom church. You know, it's like, it's like, it's this, step to kind of like, oh, yeah, I got to get going to come back in. Now, we love you online folks. <laughs> Much love, but we'd love to have you hang out with us too sometimes. But gather and then, um, you know, engage. And that's the, uh, you know, the going out, making sure we connect with people. But in the middle, middle G there is grow. And we're made to grow in our faith. And I feel like a broken record sometimes because I periodically talk about the need to grow in your faith, right? You know why I do that in part? One, it shows up in scripture a lot. So, you know, my agenda, what I'm going to talk about comes from, hey, that's what it says in the text. The other reason is a lot of us don't grow. I've gone to churches where people were in Sunday school for 20 years and didn't feel like they were ready to teach anything. That would be crazy. Can you imagine being in high school for 20 years? 
You better be the teacher if you're in there for 20 years. Like, that would be horrible. Some of you, maybe you had a good high school experience. You wanted to stay there. Uh, or make, we'll make it middle school because no one likes middle school. <laughs> it's just a rough, hard time. Maybe some of you do like middle school. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an awkward time. I'm getting a lot of shakes from parents. Like People are like, yeah, I'd go back to high school. Middle school? Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, but, but you know, we, the point is... You, we need to grow in our faith and be able to, to teach and to do stuff. Um, and there's an old adage, you can only lead people as far as you've gone. You know, if you don't grow in your faith, you can't lead people in their faith. We, we have this one job, Matthew 28, you know, go and make disciples. And, and make disciples is the only command in that whole passage. Uh, and, and so are we making disciples? You can't make disciples if you're not one. Uh, and if we want to see people grow in the faith, we want to see people, uh, um, you know, if we want to lead our kids to grow spiritually, we need to grow, not just send them to kids' church. That kids' church is a great thing. Glad we have it. Um, some of you are glad we have it right now. <laughs> you know, if you want to see your, your, your spouse grow spiritually, you know, you need to grow. If you want to see your friends grow, you know, you need to grow. Uh, and, you know, we all need to grow up in, in faith. Now, the tough thing about growing in your faith is this. Um, has anyone gone outside and yelled at a tree? That's weird. Like, you're like, wow. People are here for the first time. They're like, the pastor said we should yell at trees. <laughs> I knew this place was weird. They're handing out snakes. No, we don't, we don't do the handling snakes on Sundays. We do that on Wednesdays if you'd like to come. Um, no, we don't. We, that was just a joke. Uh, some of you are like, oh, great. And some of you are like, I am never going back there again. Uh, I was underneath my crawl space the other day, and I'm always waiting to handle snakes, you know what I mean? Because when I'm fixing something, and it's dark, and you're like, it's warm down here, so you know there's some... Uh, and I found the skeletons of snakes, uh, or not snakes, I found the skeletons of uh, little rodents and stuff, so you're like, ooh, I probably got a snake under here. Um, and some of you are excited about that, some of you not so excited about that. Uh, anyway, I need help fixing something in my crawl space if you want to come over after church. Uh, but point being is, you can't just yell and tree and make it grow, but you could do you know, things to help it grow, right? You can put fertilizer around it. You can, sometimes trimming trees helps, all kinds of things. I'm not a, even though I'm a tree farmer, I don't know what to do with a lot of trees, but I, I know what to do with Christmas trees. <laughs> um, now, and I think of a lot is like, you know, working out because, you know, right now it's like taco season, aka the winter. We're not worried about, you know, the beach body, uh, but you know, that, that season will come around and, you know, beach is going to get whatever body the beach gets. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I, I would love great abs. I also love tacos. So there's a, there's a balance there. Um, <laughs> and it shifts in favor of the taco. But, <laughs> you know, there, but when people want to get in shape, you know, lifting weights is good. But what happens if you, you know, you, you don't do the diet thing? You know, you can't, like, George always used to say, some of you know George, uh, my, my friend George, who, you know, works out and Definitely looks like he works out. You know, he's like, everybody wants to look like George. Nobody wants to eat like George. <laughs> because there's, there's a strictness to it. And, and then you have to sleep. You know, because, you know, you, you do all that damage to the body. You need to sleep. There's all these things you could do to help promote your health and physical well-being. But you have to actually do it. You know, and so you have to put yourself in a place um, where you can, um, where you can, 
grow in your faith as well. And that's why we have things like church, where we teach the Bible, and we have, you know, generally have Bible studies and things. So we kind of took a, a break from a lot of that during COVID, because and we've kind of been reinstituting things and bringing things back, because now people are feeling more comfortable getting together. Although the news keeps telling me, <laughs> you know, the Delta variant, or I don't know. Anyway, I'll let you figure that out for yourself. Uh, I'm gonna have a potluck. <laughs> but Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 says, you've been believers so long now, you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Uh, babies need milk and can't eat solid food. Now, image is, um, the picture I get is a giant baby. And now, like, put your face on it. Because you can't say, like, I'm a spiritual infant if you've been here, like, 10 years. Because, you know, 30, 20 years, 30. And, um, something happened with our tech. I had some pictures they didn't load. And anyway, I, my computer was at home, so I couldn't bring it up. But I, I had some face swap pictures today i was gonna put up here you ever see the face swap like just google like freaky face swap i don't know maybe i don't know maybe you don't want to <laughs> but, but like like all kinds of crazy pictures like it's it's you know the face swap app takes your baby your face and puts it like on your baby and stuff and so it's just funny to see like like this tiny baby with like a, a old man's head you know someone like my age on a little baby and, and it's hilarious to see but it it's kind of weird because it doesn't look natural and right, right? Like it's, you know, and some of them are funny because you don't expect babies to have like a full beard or that kind of thing. Um, maybe, you know, your baby had a full beard. Mine certainly did. Uh, anyway, it was freaky. Uh, he's like, some of us have our face swapped spiritually though. We should be grown up, but we're like old man faces on little bodies. We're, you know, uh, or more mature female faces on little bodies, whichever you have. Uh, <laughs> Hebrews 5.13 says, so for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Um, <laughs> milk, uh, I was actually, I was like, isn't there like a milk bar? And I googled like what milk bar was. And anyway, milk bar sounds like a good idea because it's not actually just, I was like, is it like a bar where you just like drink milk? Um, like that would be weird, right? Like just, you know, have a glass of milk, partner. But if you got, like you... you <laughs> I kind of picture Old West when I picture that, like, you got a guy coming in with spurs, I'll have milk. <laughs> uh, anyway, so there's this, you know, this uh, milk bar, and, and it's actually, like, cool dessert stuff. Anyone ever go to one? It, uh, yeah, it's a thing. I, I think there's a chain. Now, some of you are going, yeah. And I was, like, looking at milk bar. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, look at the desserts and everything. But it would be weird. Like, imagine you, you think you're going to milk bar, and you're going to go eat all these cool desserts and everything. But instead, you walk in, and there's, like, a bunch of, Adults wearing diapers, drinking bottles. You'd be like that Homer Simpson fade back into the bushes thing. <laughs> you know, like, no, thank you. That, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, and because we're supposed to grow up. Now, Jesus said, come to me like a little child. There is like a simpleness to, to our faith, but we're supposed to come to him like a little child, not come and be childish. Uh, there, there is growing up in our faith. And, and you do make mistakes. I remember, I, I've told this story before. Uh, like, I, I was trying to figure out, you know, I started coming to church really when I was, I grew up in church my whole life, but then when I was 20, made this faith commitment. I'm going to church, and they, like, do the amens and stuff a lot. Like, y'all don't amen me much, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not saying anything worth amen and no. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, you, you kind of, you don't know how, it's like a, you're not sure when to amen or everything. And so I was, like, trying to figure that out, and I was like, I got to fit in, I want to, you know, I'm, so I like, they said something that you shouldn't amen. And I'm like, amen. <laughs> and they were just kind of looking at me like, what in the world? Who, 
what's up with this guy? Uh, they, were, they were kind to me, but, you know, I was figuring it out. <laughs> Did amen in the right place. I got grace. Uh, but you, you know, eventually, you know, you kind of need to move into a place where you understand things and, and you can do things the right way. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a, there's a joke I often tell. It's like two men walk into a bar. Uh, or no, a man, uh, man walks into a bar. You know, you think, you know, <laughs> ouch. Boom, boom. Man was, and two walk into, man, men walk into a bar. You'd think the second guy would have seen it, right? <laughs> but if I told you, like, man walks into a bar, ouch. And you go, ha, ha, Like, man walks into a bar a second time, ouch. You're like, what in the world? Like, that doesn't, like, that's not even a joke, Jeff. Like, you have bad jokes, Jeff. That's just not even a funny joke. Or maybe, maybe I didn't get it. Uh, but, but, you know, the idea is, um, you know, what's wrong with the dude? Like, why would you walk twice into things? And that's faith. You're, you're going to make mistakes growing up in your faith, but you don't keep making mistakes. And at some point, you have to learn from your mistakes. You don't walk into the bar the second time uh, because you need to, to figure those things out. Um, and, and so if you keep falling into the same practices and sins, sometimes you have to reevaluate, you know, am I putting myself in bad situations? Uh, am I doing this because I assume God will forgive? Am I just choosing sin? You know, because a lot of us, sometimes we fall into sin all the time because we, we don't grow up and we just kind of fall into it and we, we practice it because we just like it. And we, we kind of presume that, yeah, God's going to forgive. Um, verse 14 says, Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So recognize the difference uh, between right and wrong. Uh, it's a recognize. I think it's applied not just recognize, but you you then act differently. You, you live differently, which is something I, I say occasionally. Uh, you you kind of do the things. Uh, you know, Jesus said Matthew seven twenty four. Another passage to be familiar to most of you. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows is like a wise person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come uh, and the winds beat against that house, it'll collapse with a mighty crash. And so Jesus is saying, you know, we have to hear his words, but then we actually have to do the stuff. You know, we often say in here, be Jesus-y. Like, and again, I annoyed a guy one time because we were doing this thing and he, you know, he's like, we're... They were asking, you know, what we expected from this thing. It was this official meeting. And I said, be Jesus-y. And he goes, you mean Christ-like? I'm like, no, Jesus-y. Uh, and he was like, what in the world? Are you? Because I think Christ-like is a word, if you've heard it enough, you kind of like go, okay, Christ-like. But, you know, the point is, be Jesus-y. Do the things Jesus says. Uh, you, have to, you have to be like that. <laughs> um, it, it's a, the Sermon on the Mount, which is a great, you know, you can turn to Matthew, read that in the beginning there. Um, Matthew 5 and 6 and 7. It's great stuff. It's sort of a synopsis of Jesus. And, and I, I like to think of myself sometimes as a red-letter Christian. Now, I'm not talking about the red-letter movement. There's actually that. There's, every time you say something, I don't know everything. They, I'm not saying, but point being, I, I try to be a red-letter Christian, being, you know, if we say we're a Christian, if we say we're a Jesus follower, then we have to do and live out the things he says. And so if you have a lot of times your translation of the Bible, if it's the free one we give you, not so much. We didn't splurge for color. Um, but, but, you know, a lot of times you read, read, read a Bible, if you're reading in the app or anything, and the words, uh, there's like, you know, black words, and then there's like red words. 
And the red words are generally, you know, they're the words Jesus said. And, and, and so, you know, the idea is you actually have to look to those words. And, and when you look at the words of what Jesus said, and that's why I constantly am reading them because I'm, I'm trying to understand, you know, what Jesus said, not just what, you know, some pastor here said, not just what some weird dude here said, but, you know, what did Jesus say and how did he live? And, and ultimately, I want people to know uh, that I'm a believer because I live differently. Not because I'm weird or wear strange clothes or, you know, uh, you know do that. Not, not, if you're weird and so wear strange clothes, sorry. But, you know, but not, not because, you know, you know I, I have a sticker on the back of my car, but, the, uh, but we drive differently. But, you know, I, but we need to take seriously the words of Jesus. Uh, and then we need to live those out. And that's why I think we constantly go back to what he said and how he said to live. Again, because if Hebrews, which I believe is true, which paints this picture of how big Jesus is, then we should listen very seriously to those red words. They should be red. R-E-A-D. Okay. Um, I have this whole thing... uh, I have this whole thing where, like, you know, because people often ask me for, like, translations. Things. I have this little lecture. I haven't, done, I haven't given the lecture in a long time. And uh, it's about, you know, the different ways different things are translated, the history of textual transmission, how we got the original Greek and Hebrew manuscripts and different things. And it gets very complicated and everything. And so I go through this whole thing, and I talk about the translational, uh, you know, purposes of each translation, why they, why they translate it certain ways. And, you know, and then I come out and I go, and then people are like, um, you know, and then at the pinnacle of the lecture, I'm like, and this is what, this is the best Bible. And they're like, everyone kind of leans in because they're like, okay, he's done all this research. Every, and it's like, because it's red. It's a red Bible. R-E-A-D. So anyway, <laughs> read the red. <laughs> read the rest of it too. It's good. It gives you context for what he says. But, but the point is, uh, it, it's about, you know, growing in what Jesus says. Now, here, a little reminder um, in the way the Bible's structured uh, somebody, it was originally just like letters and like essays kind of, and, and then somebody came through and put chapters and verses in them. And I, we could talk about who that is and that's interesting, but also inconsequential in many ways. But so we're going to, we're going to jump chapters here because I think the thoughts kind of finish in, in the first, uh, next three verses of chapter six. So if you're wondering why we're like straddling chapters, because the chapters weren't uh, originally in there. Anyway, so uh, he, the author continues, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil d- deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further in, uh, instruction about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. And so God willing, we'll move on to further understanding. So stop going over the basic te- teachings. It's not... Uh, <laughs> Not talking about our need to remind ourselves. Because again, we need to remind ourselves of the words of Jesus. I've, I've often said, you know, there's a story that, you know, um, the kid's talking to his grandfather. He's like, what's the importance of going to church or reading the Bible? I can't remember the story anymore. <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, you know, so he goes, you know, he tells the grandson to go fill the bucket and he fills the bucket and he comes back, but most of the water's out by the time he gets there because there's a hole in it. And he goes, well, that's the whole point is we're all leaky buckets because we, we hear the word, right? We, we can read the word. We can, we can do, but, but we kind of leak it out a little bit. And, and so we, we do have to constantly look back 
and understand the basics. He's not saying like once you get like, once you read the gospels, you're good, move on. Even if you have an identic memory, <laughs> you, you have to kind of be reminded of those words um, from time to time. But I think it's kind of more the, the idea of, you know, when you learn to read, anyone remember learning to read? No, okay, <laughs> most of us don't. But you know, when you, when you start to read, like you're, you're learning letters first, right? You learn A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, uh, depending on your, your language. Um, but you know, you learn your ABCs, why? So you can read them words, right? And then eventually you go from the picture book to the bigger book, and sometimes you eventually get to the real thick book. Um, I don't know why they get so thick. Uh, anyway, uh, but you know, it, it's you, you got to learn the basics so, so you can understand the rest. And if you learn a foreign language, it's it's the same way too. It's if you learn a foreign language that's like not like letters like we're used to. It, you know, I I, I, uh, I learned uh, modern Hebrew before I learned biblical Hebrew. Uh, not a, I wasn't an expert in it, but I'd learned it. And so I write in script letters instead of block letters a lot of times. And I might, I'm a, anyone else like write in print and then write cursive and everything? And they say that's a sign you're mentally unbalanced. So thank you, you're in my, you're in my group. Uh, I, I sometimes forget too how to like write certain letters in cursive because I, yeah, it's like it's, it's a forgotten art. And you know, people can argue about that later. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but I, I remember I was, I, was, I was in Hebrew class. This guy was trying to cheat off my notes, which is fine because it's not, it's just notes. And he was like very confused because like the first day of Hebrew class and they're like, you know, they like start you right off and everything. And like he was trying to follow my notes and it was worse because mine looked nothing like anything she wrote on the board either because, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm writing in block and then script and everything. And that's kind of, kind of, if you ever learned Hebrew, here's the point you better go learn the alphabet first. There's no way you're going to learn to read those words uh, until you understand the, the letter. So maybe you've forgotten what it's like to learn English because, you know, most of us grew up speaking it. <laughs> but but you, you have to learn the basics so you can move on. The point is not just to learn letters. The point is to learn how to read uh, and to move forward. Uh, you know, and, and become mature in your understanding. Now, I, I did a cool thing last night. I told you I fixed something and it was... It actually worked when it was fixed. And I'd never done much with rivets. Um, and so I had to drill out these rivets and everything. I had to replace these motors uh, in our, um, our, our, we heat with wood. And so there's like these two mo uh, motors that blow the, the air out that really get the house warm. And long story short, the, the OEM stuff, not as good as like, I found an aftermarket guy that sold something and I had to repair it because it was just not gonna heat our house. And I would just let my kids freeze rather than pay for heat. Um, my kids can attest to that. <laughs> We're just going to all have to sleep out in the living room. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, 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 so I, um, I pulled out, you know, because I, I was going to just replace it with a bolt, but I couldn't get in there. I was like, you know what would really work? A rivet. So I pulled out my rivet gun. Now, I have my grandfather's rivet gun. You know, and it was like, it looks like it was like from Kmart or something. There's still a tag on it from when he bought it. Like, it was like nickels or something for those of you who've been around for a while. You know what I mean? Some of you are like, kids are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It was paid with a nickel. No, and I figured it would be interesting to look up the cost because, you know, and see if what it, but anyway, it was cool because one, I completed a repair that actually worked because sometimes you, late at night when you try to fix something, it doesn't work. Can it, anyone, anyone else? Okay. Uh, and then you're up all night uh, trying to fix it or just frustrated. Uh, two, there's an awesome picture. You see the, po I posted the picture of it. The rivet box is awesome. It's like vintage seventies guy fixing like a bicycle seat for his kid. Just incredible fun picture. Uh, it's pretty cool. Cause I think it was the first time I've actually used a rivet gun 
like, how else do you do ribbit? But here's the thing. Um, when I was a kid, if you ever know what a ribbit looks like, it looks like a little sword for an action figure. And I remember taking rivets from my friend's dad's place, and we like made little swords, you know, for our little guys to carry around. Uh, some of you get it. Some of you are not small children uh, ever. Uh, you just grew up apparently adult. Uh, but and there's something kind of cool about using this tool my grandfather used. Uh, now I might still kind of see them like little swords, but see, I've matured. Like now it's not just a little pile of little swords, it's, it's a tool, it's something to use. And so we need to mature. Um, <laughs> uh, you, know, and, and it's, you know, we were talking earlier about the nursery and everything, and you know, um, it's cute when you have a baby and it makes noise in church. I know as a parent, you're like mortified, and all the parents just looked at me like, is he talking about me right now? I'm not, <laughs> but I am. <laughs> Here's the thing, most of us, you're a little, you testify with me, you're a little bit older, don't have babies anymore. Do you like it when babies make a little noise in church? Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's life. It's cool, right? Like they're babies. Now, it's tough because when you're the parent, you're like, oh my gosh. Like I'm ruining everyone's church. I'm like, no. Some of you, like, they don't even like the sermon. They're, they'd rather look at your baby anyway. Uh, <laughs> so let it go. <laughs> now, it's cute and it's fun. But here's the thing. If Josh were like, you know, and it's fun. You ever see like the kid like escape too during church? Mom and dad are mortified. We're all cracking up. You know, I've seen them run up into the pastor's arms. The pastor's now preaching with a kid. Uh, not even his kid. <laughs> but, you know, it's cute. But like if Josh were like escaping and running and crawling under the pews, you'd be like, what is wrong with that dude, right? <laughs> He's too big. He barely fits under pews anymore. Uh, but, you know, it's cool because it's baby. But, you know, at some point, there, there's this maturity that's expected. So it's okay to mess up as a new believer. But at some point, we have to work on growing up, maturing. Um, Hebrews 6.2 says, You don't need further instruction about baptisms, laying on of hands, the resurrection, the eternal judgment. These are some basic things. And uh, we, we talk about these. Uh, if you know these, great. You know, get ready to share them. If you don't know these, get ready to learn a little. But repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You know, there's this, repentance is this idea that you're turning 180 degrees. I mess up all the time. Even though I have a degree in chemistry, I say things like 360, turn around. And I'm like, no, that's 180 turns you around. 360, you'd just be back in the same place. Like, um, you know, math can be hard when you're up here. It's, I always say, like, I can either work out or do math. Like, some of the workouts we do are complicated it's like this many rounds of this i have to have a little chalkboard and make marks because i i forget stuff you know i'm like running laps i remember i'd be like i'm i'm still running and i passed all these people why am i still running because i miscounted uh <laughs> people just think i'm working extra i'm just I can, I can either you know do math or work out one or the other like i can't do both like that's why i like the powerlifting five did i do five did i do three what doesn't matter i just did a couple reps you know crossfit you're like 400, there was, what was that, 1,000 step-ups or something for, like, Memorial Day? Oh, my gosh. I, I wouldn't need a chalkboard for every rep. I just have all these little dashes, you know, anyway. Um, but, you know, sometimes when you preach math, the same thing, too. I, I, I've often messed up and said 360, but 180. The idea of repentance is you're, you turn around. You're, you're walking in one direction. You turn, and you, and you walk in the other direction. Um, now you, and here's the thing. You can say a prayer. And we, we talk a lot of times we have a simple prayer. You can pray. Maybe you grew up in a church where you say a prayer. Uh, that's a good thing. You can fill out a card. Like we always say, hey, fill out a card. If you're coming to faith, we'd love to help you grow because we, we, we do want to do that. Um, but to use, you can do all that and not really turn from sin, right? Not really repent. 
You can fill out a card. You can say a prayer. I remember when this guy in college, I was talking to him. We were friends, and we were talking about faith, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm saved. And I'm like, oh, really? Uh, because, not to judge, but to judge, <laughs> he was my friend, but his life was not showing it. I'm like, and so I'm just like, all right, I'm seeing this and this and this, what you're saying. And he's like, oh, well, I, you know, I did it when I was little, so I'm good. And I'm like, I don't think that's the point. Uh, and the point is, you, you know, you can, you can say the thing, but not really be where you need to be. Uh, and so there, there's, you know, repentance means turning. It doesn't mean that sometimes we won't mess up. Oh, you're okay. <laughs> uh, and so baptisms, and this is baptism. We do this periodically here. We put out a little trough thing in the end. We do, and, and baptism is this, this symbol of, of going into death, the new life. It's this, this thing we do, laying on of hands, uh, no, not laying hands like this, we're not fighting, uh, <laughs> not throwing hands, laying on of hands. The idea is this is praying, you know, setting aside people for ministry often, and, you know, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. Uh, you know, ultimately, the whole, this whole thing wraps up, uh, life wraps up, you know, and it's, you know, um, Jesus said, but when the Son of Man comes glory, the angels with him, and he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations gathered into his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Now, uh, eventually, you know, Jesus wraps this whole thing up. There is judgment. Now, we don't like to hear that as Americans, right? Like, like we're, we're very much like we don't, we don't like that. Uh, this is a complicated passage. I could go into it more. Uh, but ultimately, God's eventually going to judge the world. Uh, and often in America, we want grace without judgment. But you kind of don't know what you got out of until you understood what you're getting into. You know, if, if, if you get pulled over by um, Wyoming's finest on the way here, um, and, and, you know, if you're older, you kind of start, in a, or maybe her teenager and her parents have drilled this into your head, you start thinking, what do you start thinking? The fine, the insurance rates, the parents you have to tell, um, all kinds of things. Now, if the, if, if the police officer gives you grace and lets you off, you appreciate it, right? Because you're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Now, if, you, if there was no consequence to getting pulled over, you wouldn't care. And sometimes we don't understand grace because we, we don't understand there's a consequence. And ultimately, you know, th there is a, a God side and a um, not so much God side. Uh, and, and partly we, we, we don't take sin seriously uh, because I, I think sometimes if we've been in America, you've heard the gospel story so much or you kind of just know, hey, we're, we're, we're forgiven. Uh, <laughs> you know, we take it for granted. But ultimately, God goes out of his way to make, um, make a way for us and... Um, Hebrews 6.3 says, and, and, and so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Uh, so after the basics, there's this lifelong process of understanding ultimately to be like Jesus. And I was thinking, it's a lot like, uh, in fact, I was talking to somebody who's a teacher, <laughs> um, that, you know, when you're a teacher, you get, you get your four-year degree, you go get it, you become a teacher, and then what do they do always in teaching? Like, they p help you get your next degree. Like, they'll, they'll help you pay for your, 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 your master's degree or doctorate and all kinds of things. And then there's benefits along the way. But there's, like, on the, like there's, there's more training. You don't just get it and get, get done. And so faith is, like, on the job. It's, it's this extra. It's the continuing education. Um, or, or, like, you get a job. You know, good employers do what if you have a job? They train you to do more stuff, right? 
and you move up the company, you do things, it's like you, you, you become a valuable employee. And so there's, there's this, um, most, many of us would never dream of stopping our education or training in our jobs, but we'll neglect spiritual training. Uh, and the author is going to continue pulling us into the deep end as we explore um, Jesus. And I just want to remind you of something in 2 Peter 3, uh, verse 17. It says, Therefore, dear, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard that you may not be carried away by the error of, lawless and, of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace of knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both for now and forever. Uh, and so, you know, we, we get swept away. It's easy to get, get kind of pulled away. I remember some friends of mine were in kayaks out in Lewis, and the tides changed, and they were being swept out to sea, and they nearly died, uh, but happened to be a Coast Guard person there, you know. Actually, somebody was on the dock ticketing, and they called the Coast Guard and saved them so they didn't die. They didn't die. It's okay. Uh, but, you know, they, got, they were getting swept away because they, they weren't doing things the proper way. Uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, we, we can kind of fall from our position, but ultimately, you know, Second Peter says, grow in grace and knowledge. And, and we're supposed to grow in grace. Now, uh, you know, when, you're, when you have kids and they're growing up and um, there's this, you know, for those of you who don't know, there's like the bike with training wheels. Anyone? Training wheels? Some of you still ride the training wheels? No, it's okay. Because you go back to them as you age and you start getting a little wobbly. Uh, I'm going to get some giant training wheels. I think someone almost got me those as a prank gift, but they were really expensive. Um, they told me later, they're like, we were going to get you training wheels. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, You know, the first time you ride a, a, like a two-wheel bike, it's like a big deal, right? Like, and like, kid comes to you like, I rode a two-wheel bike. You're like, that's awesome. And you know, if, if some random kid comes up to you and tells you that, like, you're obligated socially to be like, that's awesome, because it's kind of fun. They're excited, you know. But if I came to you like every Sunday, and I was like, yesterday on the bike ride, I rode a two-wheel bike. You'd be like, Jeff, what's wrong with you? Because uh, it's normal, right, at, the, at this age. And so growth should be normal. Um, and spiritual growth is continual. Like some of you, your brakes have started making a squeaking noise. Anyone? You know, you need to get your brake pads changed <laughs> because they wear out. And so there's this constant need spiritually uh, to grow. 